Hi everybody, this is Loretta Cella and uh, I am the curator for I Am Divine and I am so thrilled about today's podcast. Um, I'm going to have a coffee chat with Robin Gooding. As a business coach to women looking to monetize their purpose, Robin helps women to quit the cubicle and build a business that they and life they love. After funding and managing a nonprofit for over seven years while working in business consulting and strategy on four continents, helping million dollar franchises and billion dollar companies and small business owners build successful businesses that they love, Robin decided to follow her heart and build a business with women at the core. Economy Inc. was birthed from a place of not accepting that it would take over 200 years to reach global economic gender equality. Recognizing that the bedrock of economic systems are currently valuing the masculine, Robin hopes that by encouraging an elevation of the feminine, the systems will become more of a home for women and a true value of the feminine energy in harmony with the masculine. This will prove to be successful for everybody. She's had the privilege to partner with Vogue, Versace, Brooks Brothers, and the United Nations Association of Canada encouraging others to listen to their voice the one that guides them to joy curiosity passion fulfillment excitement but most of all purpose we all have a voice that ushers us to where we belong robin believes and even if it's just a whisper her hope is to help women to find their calling and support them to follow that whisper within them her greatest hope is that there will be a day where there be a collection of reverence for the feminine and every woman i love this every woman experiences the power of having a voice and a choice when it comes to pursuing a purposeful paycheck and building a life they love robin currently resides in toronto ontario canada with her husband and their two-year-old daughter isla they are often found traveling in hidden gems of the world united by a passion to explore every nook and cranny of this gorgeous planet that we call home. With that, I am so excited to welcome Robin into uh, the I Am Divine community and have a really powerful conversation about purposeful entrepreneurship, feminine and masculine energy, and the challenges of the entrepreneurial spirit in the world that we live in. Hello. Can you hear me, Robin? Hey, yes. Hi, there we go. How are you? I'm so good, thank you. How are you? I'm I am wonderful. I am so wonderful. Thank you. Um and so what I've done is I have um given listeners the bio already, so I've already pre-recorded that. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna just jump into some conversation. Perfect. All right. So, um, okay. So I, I was thinking about this before I kind of like would go into like the whole spiel about, you know, what we're working on and what you're doing and why it's so amazing. I was trying to figure out when we met mm. and I want to talk a little bit about this connection thing, because I think it's so important for people to understand that like community and connection um, when sustained can be a really beautiful thing and it always comes full circle. So do you remember, do you remember when we met? I do actually. And it's funny because I think a lot of things in 
the last 10 years of my life have really been full circle with you specifically. Um, and it, that's really something that always stands out to me. And we'll probably get into that a bit more. But um, the first time we met was at the International Women's Day Conference at Simon Fraser University. Oh, okay. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hold on a second. I was like, when did I remember? I remember it was like some type of event. And okay. Yeah. 2012. I was speaking. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. So seven years ago. Yep. Amazing. And we've done so much and crossed paths so many times yes. uh, over the years. So um, uh, I'm just going to want to tell listeners a little bit that. So Robin, um, and Robin, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. you approached me. You were starting your nonprofit organization, uh, organization Girls for Girls Charity, um, and really getting that going. And I'm going to get you to talk a little bit about the purpose of that. Uh, organization because I think it directly ties to w- the business that you're moving into and about this feminine masculine energy, which I told listeners that we would kind of dive into more. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, we, you, you approached me and we, and there was an instant connection that we had and we had a great conversation. And I remember that conversation. And then we figured someday we'd start working together. Yes. And so Maybe maybe you can fill listeners in a little bit about how that yeah. came to be. So I um I was in my final year of university and I had sort of been doing you know the the activities that uh, informally that I wanted my nonprofit to do. I'd been doing them since I was about sixteen, and um, I really wanted to formalize them a bit more. And so I used this event to sort of put myself out there and and share the message with everyone and it just so happened that um I won an award or something and so um they asked me to come on the speech and say a few words and I was terrified and then right after that was your keynote and I just sat there with goosebumps it was like everything you were saying um was just so on my heart in so many different ways and one of the main things is that you were going to be filming a documentary and um it would be a series and you were going to go around the world and traveling has always been what I refer to as my oxygen India has always been a place I I really really felt connected to even though I'd never been before I had grown up in Africa and um South Africa actually has the biggest, or at the time, had the biggest Indian population outside of India. And so it was a culture I was really um, around a lot, and I felt connected to it. And and so as soon as you were done your speech, I just, like, I was in the front row already, and I jumped up, and I was like, we have to meet, we have to connect. And, yeah, we, we did some beautiful things as a result of that. Yeah, so we ended up uh, on a trip to India together mm-hmm. uh, for our documentary. And we, um, for the listeners, I haven't actually shared some of this, but I started a nonprofit organization in 2007 that focused on providing young women an opportunity at that point in time to build their leadership from the inside out. So really finding their voice in the world and really providing a container, a platform for them to do that. And so here comes this, you know, very energetic, very empowered uh, yeah, woman who said, like, I want to participate in this. And this is my passion. This is what I'm doing. And I was like, this is incredible. Like, let's see how this is aligned. And I'm telling you this because this is about divine energy. This is yeah. how these things happen. 
And so when we get sparked with enthusiasm about creating something powerful and we share that spark of inspiration or that passion or that desire, there's a ripple effect that, that happens. And so, um, and I get that all the time. People saying like, oh, I just, that, our conversation just inspires me. <laughs> I yeah. like, okay, well, let's do something with it. You know, let's not sit on it. We sit on too many things in this world. Yeah. And, um, and so we did. So um, Robin came with us to, um, to work with a, uh, in the Vivek Nagar, um, I hate using the word slum, but in the community uh, in Bang- uh, just outside of Bangalore in India and we did some really powerful work with our filmmaker and Robin and my uh, my partner um, Tia Kelly who does our global work together and we had just a really incredible opportunity to make a a solid impact and if you want to learn more about that you can go to globalsorority.com and you can see the the short snippets of films there Mm. Um, and then as a result of that so we had this really amazing experience and then we had another opportunity um, to connect in 2000 and oh, I want to say it was like 14. Yeah, it was 2014, April. Okay. April, 2014. Um, and we ended up in South Africa working mm-hmm. with Robin, her team and, um, and, uh, and a group, uh, in, um, Helderberg mm-hmm. and, uh, in South Africa and had another really powerful experience there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't, I don't know if there's like, I mean, uh, we could probably have a whole episode just on those trips. Exactly. Um, but what that did is it just sparked an ongoing relationship between Robin and I, Robin and I community. Um, you know, we, we, we grew and navigated, we came and went to different directions and then we came back together. And when I heard Robin started this business economy.inc, I was like, we need to talk about this on this podcast because I think it's so important that the work that she's doing and how she came to it is where many women are at right now or have been for a long time and are now taking action. And, and Robin's business Mm -hmm. is really going to support women to do that. So Robin, you know, you, you've worked with large companies, you've worked with large franchises, you've worked all over the world. You have a life that most people for lack of better word envy and want like they just like I want to travel all over the world I want (laughs) you know I want to have this lifestyle I want to do all these things and I can't attract this stuff and it's not coming to me and Mm -hmm. there's fear right there's fear of jumping into that entrepreneurial way of life because a lot of it fails it's the reality. Yeah. A lot of it fails. So talk a little bit about how you went, made the jump. You've always had the entrepreneurial spirit. We know this. Uh, anybody who knows Robin knows this. Um, yes. <laughs> taking the leap from having the spirit to, and the will and the desire and the vision to actually putting it into action and in a very soft and real way. So can you talk a little bit about what that was like for you? Mm-hmm. It's been a very, very long journey in a way. Um, I think that by nature, I have always been someone who leaps before I look. I always have been. I have an idea. I don't know how it's going to execute. I just take small actions and I don't see the, I don't see the full map, but I just know that if I follow myself and if I keep taking intentional action, I'll get somewhere I need to be. And so I think that is sort of a critical um, 
value almost for entrepreneurship success. I think that you, you have to really have that mindset of I'm going to win, you know, I'm going to make it work and I'll figure it out. I'll be open and I'll surrender to the process and I'll have the right people come in my life. I'll have the right opportunities come in my life and I'll make the most of it. And I will show up even when I'm scared, even when I don't know what I'm doing, even when I feel like, who am I to be doing this? And I still have many, many days like that. Um, but I've come full circle. So when I, I grew up in Africa and I always wanted to work for the United Nations. And I think that sort of was just my symbol for being of service. It was in Africa, we would see the UN work, you know, quite rampantly. And so that was what I associated with, you know, creating a life that was generous to others, that improved the life and well-being of other people. And then I graduated from UBC with an arts degree. I had every intention of getting a law degree and doing human rights law, um, but I, I had no money. I don't come for money and I needed to make some money. So my first job out of school was in business consulting. And I had, I've always had this entrepreneurial spirit, but I never thought that business could be something that propelled the human race forward. I had a lot of very negative stories around money and wealth and corporate and, um, and, and really wanting to make money or going into business for money. For me, business represented wanting to be rich. It didn't represent wanting to serve. And so um, I got into business consulting because it was a paycheck, but I fell in love with it and it came very naturally to me. And I was being of service and, and I could see the results in changing people's lives. And so I, I really fell in love with it. And so I decided, well, I'm going to stick with this and I'm going to keep my nonprofit work sort of as um, not a hobby, but as my passion project, as my way of serving in a humanitarian way that feels aligned with my soul. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did for a long time. Um, I ended up leaving that job and moving to Japan. I ran my own business for about um, just, yeah, about five years. And during that period of time, I did my master's degree in international relations with a focus on female economic empowerment. Um, and I wanted to sort of understand why we had this huge disparity in countries with highly educated populations of females. We're not we're not talking about countries where women are not educated. These are countries with very, very, sometimes even more educated women than men. We still have the pay gap. We still have the senior leadership gap. We still have uh, the boardroom gap. We still have these huge gaps. Like, why? And so that was my, my reason for, for studying my degree. Um, at this point, I became a mother as well to a little girl. And so it became even more um, of, a, of a huge part of my life to try and figure out this puzzle of why can we not solve this? You know, I don't want my little girl growing up in the world that we're in right now. And I will be damned if it takes 200 years <laughs> to, to reach that economic equality. So um, that was that journey. I ended up moving back to Canada and consulting for an agency 
in Toronto on Bay Street, which is um, the finest core of Canada, really. And, you know, the the company works with really, really big companies, billion dollar companies. So this is really the heart and soul of the economic center in Canada. And my entire job was to sort of be the gender expert on why women are not thriving at work and how to get women to thrive at work. And it was really interesting because I got to see behind the scenes and, um, and see things from the executive level and in people who, you know, honestly are self-made billionaires running these huge corporations. They started out as, you know, sometimes family, family companies or just a partnership. And now they've grown into a billion dollar company with thousands of employees. And at some point, you know, they just kind of got disconnected with their people. And, and so that was a really very eye-opening opportunity for me. And it was sort of the, um, I would say the moment where I realized that this was how I could merge my passion for women and that humanitarian side with my passion for business and economic prosperity. And, and so that's where economy landed. And, and it's such a powerful journey. Like, I mean, if you just like, if you were able to play like Robin's life movie, <laughs> you were able to like, you know, coming from, you know, not coming from money, not having money stories. Uh, and hopefully we're going to have an episode here about money stories with my friend Van from uh, South Africa. Actually, we met on the trip. Um, who wow. does some, who does some stories about, about money and, uh, or sorry, some business about helping women to, to make money and see money differently. Um, when you pay your life out and you have these stories and yet here you are, you know, in your twenties, no thirties now. Yeah. Okay, so, you just 30. Turned 30. so you're in your thirties, yeah. you just turned 30 and you've literally started to answer questions that women in their fifties have started to figure out like so you're you, you, mm. you're really working on supporting yourself and one of the things that I heard you say a number a few times throughout what you were just describing about your journey to, to build this business and and the purpose of it and the value it for you is how you got there and this is where people get stuck when women get stuck because of self-doubt and not enough um mm-hmm. and it's interesting I watched your Instagram story the other day about the not enoughs you know, that show yeah. up as you build your business and evolve your business and, and come from this place. And, and this is a story that many women have. Um, but you took small, informed and intentional actions. So you mm-hmm. didn't, you, you, you may have done some large leaps in life, you know, like moving to Japan and, you know, doing these things and doing your master's degree yeah. in Germany and, you know, all these things. But what you did is you took a bunch of the small, informed decisions. And when those opportunities arose, you jumped at them. Yes. And I think that's the key. And I think that's where people get stuck because they're waiting for their aha Mm -hmm. moment or their pie in the sky to fall into their lap and be their compass for what they need to do with their life. And I don't think life works that way for the most Mm -hmm. of us. I think we get butterflies, we get tingles, we get curious about something and just follow those little things in small everyday actions and even when you're scared, just take an action. Um, and it's funny, things just, it's not funny. I mean, it's divinity. It's, it's how things come to fruition because I think things happen at the right time. 
And sometimes we, we can't even imagine where we're going to be because we're not in that headspace now to even be able to picture that. So if you're trying to see the end result now, you're actually limiting mm-hmm. yourself because it's probably infinitely wilder and bigger and more impactful than we can even begin to think of right now. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like, I would never have thought like, you know, in my thirties, my early thirties, that my late thirties was resulted what I, what I've created now. Like it just does, it just doesn't exist. And there's been lots of twists and turns and, and plots and things that allowed us to get there. And I love what you said that it is divinity. Like divinity is that connection to yourself. It's connection to yes. that feminine energy. And so part of your business, and you talked about this in your, in your bio, and you talked about it as we, you know, as you're describing, is that that feminine energy. So maybe just so people are listening who don't understand or may have not come across these, this terminology of the feminine mm-hmm. and the masculine. Can you talk a little bit about that and how you see that in business and how in, and in economic systems and how that's actually affecting our world right now? Yeah, or even really understood what it meant. I remember being 13 years old and hearing about feminism for the first time, really. Um, And really aligning with the message of equality, you know, that men and women should have access to equal opportunity. But I remember saying to to my mom one day, you know, I think I'm a feminist in pink high heels. And I don't you know, looking back, I didn't know what I meant by that. But what I meant by that at the time was, I didn't align with a notion of feminism that robbed me of my femininity. And that said, I needed to adopt a version of masculinity in order to almost compete with males in in male systems, right. Um, And I, I just could never align with that. And so When I refer to the feminine, I refer to the intuition, collaboration, the notion of the collective well-being, um, the sensitivity, the empathy, the compassion, the love, the softness. Um, The masculinity is the aggression, the power, the dominance, the competition, the self-first. And so it's not to say that one is better than the other, because I think that they should be in equal harmony and they exist in all of us, right? It's not that uh, men are masculine and women are feminine. There's masculine and feminine in each one of us. But what I found and what I'm passionate about is I, the, the corporate systems and the economic structures that exist now are very, very masculine. And so in order to, really thrive within them, you have to adopt masculine traits. And so as a, as a woman who really values her femininity, I had a hard time with this. And it got to the point where I felt that there was no place for me because I couldn't bring my whole self to work. I couldn't bring the values that I value the most about myself to the work I was doing. I value being empathetic. I value the fact that I care so much about the well-being of the collective. I value the fact that I won't walk over to over someone else in order to get a promotion. Right. Um, I value the fact that I feel things and I, and I can intuitively sense, you know, I remember being in really big deals and sitting across the boardroom from someone else who's, you know, the opponent, you could say, um, and intuitively knowing what they were thinking and feeling and wanting to almost 
be tender and nurturing with them. Um, and just feeling this disconnect and alignment where I knew that that wasn't going to be rewarded in my role, right? I needed to be hard. I needed to be dominant. I needed to be cutthroat. I needed to be super competitive. And I don't think that it's sustainable for systems to diminish the feminine in these structures and have women excel and have gender equity come to fruition. I personally don't think it's possible to ever achieve true diverse gender representation in any of these systems until we elevate the feminine and give it equal power to the masculine. Because, you know, we talk about diversity a lot at work and, and there's a lot of different issues of diversity. It's race, it's religion, it's ethnicity, it's culture, it's language, it's accessibility, it's, it's sexual orientation. There's a lot of diversities there. But for me, the piece of the pie that's missing when it comes to gender diversity in systems is the harmony of the feminine with the masculine. Does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does. And I mean, I see it, you know, you know, as a, as a coach to leaders, to executives, to women in business, and I've been doing this for a while and doing large change projects with, you know, governments, mm -hmm. we see it quite a bit. And so the bad, the, the best description I ever had. And so for those of you who think this is really woo woo, while you're <laughs> listening to, you're, you're listening to a podcast that's I am divine. So, <laughs> okay. So right there, just like, this may not be for you. Um, but, but the way that I, I loved it when I first grasped onto this whole masculine and feminine thing was the, the masculine is the doing mm. and the feminine is the being. Yes. It's a being present. So the masculine is, I see something and I always uh, talked about this with my nonprofit, why my nonprofit for many years operated on zero dollars. Um, because I would teach, uh, myself or one of my volunteers would teach the girls about this leadership stuff. And they would get so excited that they would go and like bring a whole bunch of girls together. And they were like, guess what I learned today? Mm -hmm. And they would start to um, really empathetically connect to their peers and say, I have something I'm going to offer mm -hmm. you to, and they would start to teach and to bring in and to create community around this so that they would thrive. When we started bringing the boys or the, the, yeah, the boys and the young men into the, into the programs and start teaching them, the first thing that they would do, we're like, Oh, I kind of like this. Okay. I'm going to do it. Right. And there wasn't a whole lot of conversation. There wasn't a whole lot of sitting with and being and conversing and storytelling. They were just like, okay, I've got this and I'm going to do it. And so there's a very simple, yes. you know, way of how that shows up in business, in government, and why it burns women and leaders out because it's not authentic to necessarily who their core is or men who have more mass or more feminine energy in, in, their, exactly. in, their, in their being, why it burns them out and creates so much havoc. Exactly. And I think that it's, um, it's almost an assault on women to say that you can do anything a man can do. Mm -hmm. because I think that it should never be about that. It should never be a competition. Yes. It should be a beautiful collaboration and a true reverence for what both parties bring to the table. And I feel very, very fortunate because I was raised in a house with three brothers as the only girl. And I love men. I really do. I love the masculine. I, I revere, I've had amazing men in my life and I know that's not true for a lot of women. And so, um, I feel very blessed and privileged to have that opportunity. 
but those men have always celebrated the feminine in me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a piece that's really, really missing. And I think I'm not even sure women know that they need that or that they're yearning for that in their soul. But I think that's what's leading them to feeling this like inadequacy in these systems and this constant having to prove themselves not only to other people, but to themselves because they're not aligned. Yeah. And it's depleting, right? It's 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 so depleting. Uh, you know, and I, and I watch, you know, women leaders who just have to hide their anxiety and hide Mm. their, like you were saying, like across from that deal and hiding who you really were, because it didn't, I mean, as soon as we, and and I, uh, and I kind of spoke about this in in my IG story, my Instagram story uh, yesterday was like, when we suppress our natural being about who we are and we don't choose ourselves first and we don't align with who we are first because we don't one many times don't even know who we are Mm -hmm. Uh, but when we get connected to that space and we're allowed to be and we have to hide it and this is i talk about any type of diversity i'm not talking about just gender in in anything we actually create dis-ease in our system in our whole body our beings are our energy Mm-hmm. And so if I, I'm going to get really woo woo here for a second for some people, but our, <laughs> our beings are energy and we're vibrating on an energy. So when we're taking part of ourselves and we're being inauthentic to ourselves, we're stopping energy flow. Yes. Right. So when we don't express our feelings or our emotions or have cer- traumas or circumstances in our life that we don't align with our divine, which our whole self it breaks us. And so when we see people in leadership roles who are drinking too much or exercising or, you know, workaholics or trying to catch up, I I work with managers, um, you know, and, and, and they're working, they're trying to do a job of three people because a system is requiring them to do that, but not really, they're not made for that. And so the anxiety, depression, the traumas, the experiences that they have on a daily basis, because the system's not so it's crazy. It's so crazy. And I, I would look at, you know, I came home one day, so partnership was on the table for me at the company I was working at. And I could see a trajectory at that company, you know, that would lead to a societal label of success. Right. And I remember coming home to my husband and saying, you know what? I haven't met a single person whose life I want, or I walk down the street and I see people that are literally living life on autopilot. They are the walking dead. And it's not true for everyone, but it was just so obvious to me that these people, you know, the system has created so much brokenness in the individual, men and women. And if we think about how much of our life is spent at work, right, and how much of your work you're taking home and what impact that's having on your relationships and what impact that's having on your children Mm. and what impact that's having on your body and back full circle, what impact that has in society, it has to get fixed because mm-hmm. we cannot, this is not sustainable. Yeah. There's a lot of people right now who are really, uh, I think I call it an evolution of our world. And, um, I feel like people are confronting these, these broken systems and these traumas at a higher and faster pace than ever before, mm-hmm. because there's a need for it. We evolutionary are now seeing that these systems are not made for this world. And so we need to, in order for our world to survive and thrive more specifically thrive, yeah. we need to create shifts. And so I'm going to back up for a minute because we've got about, you know, 10 minutes here and okay. left. And I really want to talk about when you come home. So you are a mother Mm -hmm. of a Mm two-year-old 
you've left your job, your husband, we haven't talked about this, but your husband's a pilot. Yeah. And so he's gone a portion of the time Yeah. and you're starting a business. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So he's, your husband's a pilot. He's gone half time. So you're starting a business. You have a two-year-old. I have a almost Mm two-year-old. Okay. So I I know what's going on. Yes. Um, Or they're in abouts. I know. Um, So you have a two-year-old, you travel all over the world regularly. So in the last two years, since Isla was born, how many countries have you been in? Oh, I don't know the exact number, but I know she's been to more countries than months of age. So she's been to more than 24 countries. Okay. Yeah. So she's been to more than 24 <laughs> countries, okay, in two years. Yeah. You guys do a lot of traveling. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. If you don't follow Robin on her Instagram, I highly suggest that you do. It's, uh, I mean, it's just amazing. <laughs> um, but uh, what people don't see mm-hmm. is the challenges that come with that. Totally. And what you have to elevate yourself to and the, the discipline and the rituals that you have to put into place in order to harmonize as much as you can as you move through this transition. So can you talk just, I know that's a lot, but can you talk a little mm-hmm. bit about what that experience has been like? Yeah, it's been exhausting. Um, not even just physically, but spiritually very depleting because I'm giving and giving and giving and giving. And there really is very little time for me. And so the biggest lesson I've learned is that I need to put myself first. And that looks a little bit different, honestly, every week. This week, that looked like a manicure and pedicure. Mm -hmm. Um, The week before, that looked like getting someone to watch Isla so I could go out with my friends to a networking event. Um, But the thing is we cannot give when we're empty. And I think that that's been the hardest lesson for me to learn as a mom, because I just want to give, I'm a giver naturally. Mm -hmm. And so I don't even recognize when I'm getting to that empty tank, but since I've become a mom, the closer I get to empty in my tank, I notice how it is in my relationship with my daughter. Mm -hmm. And and that's what really was like a wake wake up call for me because she would she would do things like she would take my phone and throw it across the room and say no phone mommy um and yeah. there were just moments and i i just hated myself honestly in those moments that was not the mother i wanted to be or the mother i was when i was a hypothetical mother right i always mm-hmm. say it's a lot easier to raise your hypothetical children than than your real ones um, <laughs> yeah. right yeah. so um it's been a ton a ton of self compassion um and giving myself room to be human and i think that has been very instrumental in finding some sort of balance and that discipline piece is really key i think i've always been really disciplined um when it comes to my work ethic but i've become increasingly more disciplined with my spirituality and um quietness and that's harder for me it's harder for me to like put in my calendar spend an hour doing absolutely nothing but meditating like that mm-hmm. that's very counteractive to what I naturally want to be doing. But I've been disciplined in that because I see such huge results when I give myself that gift. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, you touched on a few really important pieces. One is, um, and I, this is what my, my Instagram story or post yesterday was about choosing yourself. Yes, exactly. Right. And about that, the very first step in any type of change or transition is first by like, really, I choose me. Like I choose me. Cause if I don't choose me, 
really, and I'm dependent upon other people to choose me, it's not going to happen. And it's not going to really create fullness. And so if I choose me and take little things and it looks different every day, Mm -hmm. but you do something that really fills you or fills your cup in, in a place where that you can show up, um, more like yourself is really important, especially building a business, lots of changes. Um, you know, your child's constantly changing. So you're building a business, you're changing that your child's constantly changing because they're in their, you know, in the first five years of life, mm-hmm. constantly changing. Um, and there's certain things that you have in place. And so one of the things that, you know, I wrote when I, when I wrote to you was around ritual and yes. I think rituals are so important. And when we become disciplined with our ritual, um, it makes a significant difference. And you talked about meditation. And mm-hmm. so, um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, how you set up your ritual and, and what it's given you? Yes. Well, my, I have a child who just doesn't like to sleep. Um, she's never liked to sleep. And so she wakes up really early, no matter what. And so I've had to wake up even earlier than her to find that time to myself. So I wake up before she does. Um, I try at least 25 to 30 minutes before she wakes up. So that's around 5am. And then I will, I will meditate. I will for at least 10 minutes in the morning. I will read for at least five. I'd like to read the most out of my rituals. So usually I'm reading for, for longer. Um, and then I write. And my final piece is when she wakes up, I play with her. So once I've grounded myself, then she wakes up and we have at least 10 minutes of fully present play. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot of time, but in the morning, that's a lot Um, A very, very present on the floor, playing pretend games, making funny faces, whatever it is. That's how I start my day with her. And it's made a huge difference in our relationship because um, I'm not in my mommy mode, right? <laughs> the, the like, eat this, don't do that. Let's go be healthy and do something serious, but good for your health mode. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm playing with you. And we set up her, I've noticed to have an amazing mood throughout the day, which helps me have a great mood throughout the day. Um, and I think that play piece is something people often forget. I think a lot of people's morning rituals includes the meditation, includes reading or writing of some sort. Um, but that play and when playing with her, her and I will say our gratitude list together. So, uh, lately I've been having, I gained a bit of weight recently and I've been in my head about it to be completely honest. And so lately how I've been working through that is when we're playing together, I think my body and she thinks her body. Mm-hmm. And so we always intru- include gratitude in that play piece. That's awesome. It's so powerful, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. when you can, when you start and the people say, well, they're only two. And it's like, no, if you have a child, um, I have full conversations with my daughter, who's yes. two, you know, and, um, we're not raising babies we're, we're raising th- women. Right. Yeah. And it's really, and it's really amazing. Like you're still playful with them. You still make 
but you know, you still treat them like, you know, have fun with them and, and, and laugh with them and be silly with them and let them be children. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, like I have real conversations with my daughter, like about life, about, you know, sleep patterns, about, <laughs> you know, like how important mommy's sleep is. Yeah. And, and she gets it. Like this morning she goes, Shh, mommy's still sleeping. You yeah, know? <laughs> exactly. And it's so sweet. And, um, you know, and then of course, five minutes later, she's like running and chasing the dog around the house. But, <laughs> but it's, it's like having that space and that ritual and that time that they are number one and that mm-hmm. you're treating them as the full humans that they are. Exactly. And I feel like we should do a whole ep- another episode I want to do about like, we're actually the, the type of children that are being born into the world right now and how, how intelligent and intuitive and it's they're just it's really incredible oh i just got goosebumps honestly because i so see that we have a a beautifully conscious generation um just yeah i i just i'm obsessed with them yeah and when we really hone into them uh you know and and, and if the world holds into these children that are being born into their gifts um it's gonna our world is gonna be uh, just gonna be incredible but again that's a whole other topic yes. and again, you and i could talk probably have a few different ones so morning rituals meditation reading journaling writing and just and creative play with your daughter being really present and gratitude yeah and then closing your evening one of the things that you wrote down here and it's going to be mindful of time but is is about um uh, a bath with candles and reading and so when i hear about that it's just like really softening yes so why, why that? Like, why is that really important for you? Um, I think it's really important for me to let go of each day to go into the next day full. Mm-hmm. And so that's sometimes, sometimes my days look quite manic and it's just go, 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 go. Um, and I can't have a day like that and then go straight to bed and wake up feeling calm and grounded. So what I do is I, I have bath time. It's, it's only for me. I love water, um, and the warmth, the candle feels indulgent to me. It helps me connect with my femininity and I just let the day go and I go to bed feeling really, really peaceful. And I just wake up with, you know, a fresh perspective and that's really important. So research research tells you that any type of gratitude and grounding before bed versus stimulation creates better sleep, greater uh, greater sleep, better attitude, better connection, more mental health, wellness, emotional wellness, um, and helps to set you up for um, capacity for the day ahead. Mm, there and you go. <laughs> so, so there's lots of research um, that you can look through the Mayo Clinic and others that you can look into this and then adding gratitude in there also makes a significant difference. Mm. So really powerful. Um, the very last thing that I want to, uh, ask you is if there is one thing that you could share with a woman who is, you know, contemplating a shift, like she's ready to kind of make the leap or to create something different. What would you share with her? Mm. Um, I would say that she is her own greatest asset and that she knows better than anyone else and to not look externally for the answers that she has within her, but to give herself the space to truly connect with those things that are deep, deep inside and then to trust them. Beautiful. 
Mm-hmm. So really finding going inside to help to create the actions externally. I believe that. And I believe that when you've, when you've connected with those things and you've said yes to the divine and you've said, yes, I'm, I, w- I will have the courage to follow through on those things. You will notice people, support systems, opportunities coming into your life to support you and taking action to bring those things to life. Yeah. When you say yes to yourself, I mean, I think you hit it right on the head is that when you choose yourself and you say yes to what you're hearing that voice call to you Mm -hmm. and you don't have to worry about how, No, you just have to worry about saying, yes, I agree to this. I'm ready to jump in this stream. I'm going to be a service in this way to myself and others. It will all in good time all show up in a way that is, will just blow your mind. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of people say to me, they say, I'm waiting for a sign. And I say, well, the fact that you're waiting for a sign is the sign, (laughs) right? Like, you know, you know, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for for doing this first podcast with me. Thank you. Um, And uh, I've continued to maybe 7, 21 more years for us to continue doing work together. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Have a really great day and I'll talk to you soon. Okay, ciao. Thank you again. Bye. Bye.